This is Crucial Tech, a podcast about technology that affects us all, but few of us understand, presented in a format that you can consume in the time it takes to go to and from the grocery store. I'm your host, Lou Covey, and I probably know more about it than you do. And if I don't, I know someone who does. Safety National Cyber Insurance protects large organizations against network security and privacy risks, reimbursing damages and financial loss arising from accidental or malicious incidents to computer networks, software, and data. Coverage options address various risks ranging from liability, business interruption, reputational harm, penalties, and more. Visit safetynational.com for additional details. Credit cards, we all use them. Debit cards, we all use them. Uh, and they get stolen, they get uh, they get hacked. There's all kinds of problems with them. And there are people out there trying to do stuff about it. Uh, one of them is Dennis Gamiella, who is the Executive Vice President for Identity and Innovation at MasterCard. And he's going to talk to us today about uh, his work, uh, MasterCard's work with an organization called FIDO, Fast Identity online standards and uh, they, they, they work with the payment card industry but they're not direct, uh, directly connected with it but they've got a lot of interesting things going on and we decided to take a look at them uh, specifically because in the week that I got involved with this I got involved with a case with a guy uh, who started getting stuff from Amazon and using his Amazon credit card which got hacked twice and we're still trying to figure out how that happened but it does make an interesting point that we need to do something different than passwords and the, and uh, CAPTCHA. So let's take it over to Dennis Gamiola now and see what he has to say about it. We are talking about credit card security and more, more specifically identity protection. Uh, and. I want to find out more details about this from you before we get into the questions because I've got, you know, like I, I got two pages of questions here. You, you guys have joined the FIDO Alliance and you're coming out with some products uh, that relate to that. Is that what this is, is all about? It is. It is. And if you don't mind, I'll, I'll, I'll hit the broader kind of picture for a moment because I think it paves the way for in understanding of, of why we're so excited about this and the work we're doing in this space around identity and FIDO Alliance and what that all means. So, you know, we have a, a long history at MasterCard of enabling solutions that are seamless and secure and, and make it easier to pay, but also we're focused on much more than that. We're, we're focused on helping enable partners around the globe pay, transact, and interact in a seamless way. And so when we focus on identity, it's, it's really about enabling seamless and secure interactions before, during, and after the transaction, whether it's secure digital account opening, whether it's the interactions with that account and provisioning of services, and then into money movement of all types, not just cards. I wanted to note that as well, because you hit on card payment security, obviously a big focus for us, but our focus in identity is much broader because we believe it's foundational to enabling trust in the digital economy, which is important to our partners as well in their focus in payments and commerce, but also beyond. So that's a bit of the sense of what we're focused on. Now to zoom in on this topic of identity, biometrics, and all of that. Uh, so we know there's a growing number of challenges today when you interact online. One of those challenges 
is passwords and the traditional methods that are being used to verify your identity. And when you tie it back to payments and the experience you have when you shop online, for example, like, and consumers in general, they're, they're frustrated because they're unwilling to trade that convenience factor and the security factor. And what happens is when there's incremental friction for consumers, we know they go off and take their business elsewhere. They're, like, they're very impatient. They expect a good experience. 60% of consumers actually abandon the car online when they run into that unnecessary friction. And they're also worried about data breaches. 80% of confirmed data breaches come from the, the, the password weaknesses that we see today and legacy methods of verifying your identity. So I think those two things are really driving this kind of this discomfort and this need to kind of move away from passwords in general and move to better authentication or better ways of proving your identity. And that's really our focus. Okay, so what is it that you're doing specifically? Well, so let me zoom in to the the topic now of replacing passwords and authentication. Um, we're focused on biometrics in particular because biometrics are now widely available thanks to advancements in artificial intelligence, devices that also have the biometric sensors in many consumers' hands around the globe. It's more accurate. It's more accessible. Consumers are trained every time they unlock their phone, every time they download their an app or access their favorite app. Maybe they're downloading a song to take it on the go. They're using biometrics. And so biometrics is more accurate and more widespread available and trusted now than ever before. So the time we believe is right now to actually start to replace in a more accelerated manner the legacy authentication methods that are problematic from a user experience and a, and a security point of view. And so what are we doing? We're leaning into that. We're working with our partners around the globe to replace legacy authentication methods that introduce greater friction to, to methods that are more seamless and secure. And biometrics is a perfect example of this. It's a, it's a critical tool. So we're focused on two things. One, enabling the standards for this to work well in payments, the interoperability and making sure the security and the privacy is at the right level to be trusted and broadly used. And that's our work with the FIDO Alliance. We've been doing that since they were founded. Uh, over 10 years ago, but more recently rolling out new versions of the standards. So we're very active in these industry bodies working with the industry to form the right standards to make sure that the, the online experience is safe and secure, but also payments are even safer and more secure. So that's okay. One. So, 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 so we're not actually talking about a service that you're rolling out. You're just talking about, you know, working in the, in the standards industries or to actually make this happen. So it's twofold. I mentioned two things. That's one. And the next okay. one I was about to get into is, is our focus on enabling the technology and making it more success, uh, sorry, accessible to the ecosystem. So what we announced last week is the launch and the availability of the MasterCard Biometric Authentication Service okay. for financial institutions and merchants. Okay. And I, I'm going to describe that in a moment, but I want to, okay. I think you All have right. a question. No, no, that was that was my question. How what does that look like? Got it. So the MasterCard Biometric Authentication Service allows you to authenticate as a consumer uh, when you're shopping online, when you're opening an account, 
when you're linking your bank account, we often as consumers link our bank account to access funds and, and a number of other scenarios. Access your loyalty would be another one. The idea is, regardless of how you need to prove your identity, the service allows you to enable your biometric, your face, think about your face, your fingerprint, those types of biometrics that you're used to using today for all of these user journeys. And so, for example, a financial institution will leverage the biometric authentication service to verify a payment that you've made online. Perhaps it's a high dollar transaction amount. So it's an additional layer of security to validate that you are the person indeed making the payment in a very simple way by using your biometric authentication on your phone. But you may also do this in everyday purchases. Perhaps your payment credential is stored and your biometric just replaces a legacy password and some of the incremental friction and concern around storing a password with the merchant as well. And there's a variety of other use cases. And the service is also applicable to all different forms of payment. It's not just a, a MasterCard card-centric security mechanism. The bank may choose to deploy this throughout the customer journey as well as a merchant. Okay. So you, you, the, the the press release you put out indicated that you've just joined the FIDO Alliance, but that's been around since 2013. So, you know, as as Bruce Willis said to the Twinkie Living Cop, welcome to the party, pal. What took you so long? Well, uh, let me correct you there, if you don't mind. It, okay. it actually didn't say that. It said we've been working with the FIDO Alliance since 2012, I think, it, or it was 2013. You're absolutely right. It was founded then. And MasterCard was actually the first payment company to join the FIDO Alliance. Okay. The other payment networks followed afterwards. So we've been very active in this from the start. Now, you may say, okay, well, you're launching a service today. Well, we've been testing FIDO for a while. We've been working with them to evolve the standards. And we feel that we've hit a critical point where FIDO is now broadly embedded within mobile devices around okay. the globe. We okay. estimate nearly $4 billion, which is very different than the situation 13 years ago or 12 years ago when this was a new standard. Okay. And it was a matter of industry uh, bodies getting onboarded into this standards work stream. Okay. So, so it's it's prime time now is, is right. how I think. Okay, good. So it's, it's not that it's just started. It's just that it's finally got here. All right. It's, it's materializing in a big way. It's available broadly in phones, and we're starting to see meaningful adoption, and we're quite active with our service. Uh with customers in multiple regions right now. All right. So one of the the issues that I hear about about biometrics mm -hmm. is that it's data that has to be stored on a server somewhere. And there are so many opportunities for criminals to actually breach those networks and download that information and and capture the biometrics. So what's being done to protect that? This this fight, well, a few things. This FIDO standard is actually about uh, driving in a different direction. It's about, uh, let me make an, a very simple analogy. To, when, today, when you use a password, it's very similar to the concern you just raised. The password is stored with the person you're doing, the entity you're doing business with, right? They're storing your password. You're basically storing a shared secret and you're asking them to validate it when you log in or show up. The, the FIDO standards and the work that we're doing with this technology works differently to where you establish this secret with your device, 
Okay. And it's done in a secure way where our relationship is established between you, your device, and for example, your payment credential. And then when you show up at a, a merchant site or another business you're going to do business with, it's actually the key, a key that's presented that represents that you've been authenticated successfully in line with these complex security standards that are part of this FIDO standard. Okay, so, so you're not actually exchanging your secret with the with the entity any longer. You're presenting a key that's been validated and entrusted. Okay, so like like um, you you make the payment, uh, you, you validate it with your your facial ID or your thumbprint, or an or an iris scan, and then they send you a pass key, or or, or you have to go to like your Google Authenticator and get your pass key, and give them that number. Well, you as a consumer are not doing that. It's it's presented on your behalf. Your experience as a consumer is a simple verify okay. with your face like you do when you unlock your phone, uh, and, and your data remains on your phone. The, the, the way I would think of this in summary is your data doesn't leave your device. Mm -hmm. You don't leave it with someone else. You're presenting a key that's been trusted, and it's it's all set up, and it works in line with industry standards, and it's certified in line with these security standards that are now becoming widely accepted across the internet. Okay. So here's the thing. Um, card not present statistics show that the primary source of card fraud by far is card not present fraud. How is this not this going to solve that problem? Great question. Well, we see when you shop online and your identity is verified, because we do this across billions of transactions today, and now we're, we've been gradually working to replace those authentication methods with biometrics for a better experience. But when, it, when a consumer successfully authenticated, the fraud comes down significantly. How much it comes down varies by region and by the amount of uh, transactions that are authenticated. But we, and we actually see transactions are approved at a much higher rate because the bank that approves the transaction is actually more confident. We see a 10 percentage point lift in approval rates when a consumer is successfully authenticated on an e-commerce transaction. And the biometric will be the way, which offers not only that more secure experience that gets approved at a higher rate, but a better experience. Okay. How, how are you going to get e-commerce to support this? So on the back of this launch and what we've been doing is we've been testing this service and rolling it out with financial institutions uh, to replace a legacy authentication method like a one-time passcode or a static passcode. So if you think about needing to be verified when you're paying online because the transaction perhaps is above a certain threshold, maybe your device isn't recognized, or in some markets like throughout Europe, you actually have strong consumer authentication requirements that are enforced by a regulator. In those scenarios, that what was a one-time code or perhaps a password to authenticate becomes the biometric. And so we've enabled that service with financial institutions, and that's what we're working to do with our partners around the globe. Okay. And how's this going to work with prepaid brand cards? Good question. So <laughs> typically these services require, like there's not always an identity associated with a prepaid. Where it's anonymous, 
it would be very difficult to associate a biometric, but yeah. where there's an enrollment process, because biometrics is is a great security tool, but it works in terms of layers of security, right? Another critical layer of security is making sure you have the right enrollment process. And on a prepaid card, with an enrollment process, a biometric could be very effective. If it's an anonymous prepaid card without an enrollment process, a biometric may not be the right answer. I think the focus is going to be on other forms of payment before you focus on an anonymous prepaid card. Yeah. Okay. So how are you going to sell this to the public? So what, what we do is we work with our financial institution partners as well as their platforms or if there's processors they utilize. We're all about choice, right? So yeah. uh, a financial institution may decide to source this from MasterCard through their partner and, and leveraging platforms they have in place today or directly through MasterCard as well as merchants. It's the same thing. Okay. That kind of really messes people up with their phones go down. Because before we started this, I was telling you about the uh, problems, uh, tech problems I had this week when my son's phone died on him. And he, he was able to uh, make and receive calls on Wi-Fi, but he couldn't on the cellular network. So we called up the provider. And I mean, we've got everything locked down. We've got pass keys, authenticators, everything. But the thing is, he couldn't receive or, or send text messages. And so when it came time, so, okay, what we're going to do, we're going to, we got ourselves a, a new SIM card because we thought the SIM card was the problem. We put it in there and still weren't able to do it. So what we had, they had to do is authenticate his phone that it actually was his. So since we couldn't get the pass key, or, or, or use the authenticator, uh, they, we had to verify the phones, uh, phone numbers that he's called over the past uh, three months. Uh, the, pro so the problem is with the new SIM card, it didn't recognize any of the phone numbers. So we, could, we couldn't do it. He, they, couldn't, they couldn't give us a verification that way. So yeah. if, if your phone dies, you're kind of screwed, aren't you? Uh, not necessarily, uh, because the, the new technology, like within FIDO, there is an iteration which enables something called a passkey, which can be device agnostic, assuming other relationships have been established. And that's what these services now do as they roll okay. out more broadly across the Internet. There's relationships established between your device, your payment credential, your biometric, as well as perhaps where you're using Mm -hmm. uh, this authentication mechanism, for example, across merchants. So if some of those other relationships have been established, it can be a more seamless transition to a new device. This is a big topic in the industry, and it's a known pain point. And the pass key concept and the portability, as long as some of the other trusted relationships are established, allows you to authenticate even when your device is replaced. Okay. But again, I, I would also encourage you to think about multiple layers of security uh, being in play. I mean, biometrics is one tool. We, we we offer passive biometric solutions and behavioral biometrics solutions as well as always on machine learning models that are assessing the risk and the transaction environment around the biometric. These layers of security working together allow a consumer to get the best experience and, and the party assessing the risk to recognize you independent of whether or not all the all the 
solutions check out. In other words, whether biometric is present or not, there are other security mechanisms in place along the way, and those layers of security are designed to work really well together. Yeah. Credit card fraud really doesn't affect the credit card supplier, does it? Because the, the thing supplier is, is you, the, the issuer. Well, I mean, you, yeah, I mean, yeah, it doesn't cost. If somebody is doing credit card fraud, you know, on somebody's account, it doesn't cost Mastercard anything because you you still get the transaction fee, right? Well, I, I think fraud impacts all parties in the ecosystem. Oh, but yeah, but, but, yeah, yeah, but but I'm saying you know, you're not reimbursing anybody or a merchant if, if uh, there's a a, a fraudulent charge on it. You know, that goes through the bank. The bank has to cover that. Like uh, I, I had uh, some informa personal information captured and a, a guy bought in the UK, bought a beer making system for $2,500. Okay. And I, I went to my bank and said, I don't live in the UK and I don't make beer. What is this? And they, if I, yeah, it looks like somebody, uh, got your numbers and bought on so my bank had to make me me good on that so that that, yeah. that was fine but it does that doesn't affect the transaction fee does it as a as a consumer you're protected uh from liability right uh yeah. in fraud with the right evidence available and what i would say is a, a broad comment around the way okay, let, let, let me just make this on a positive point here the mm -hmm. fact that you are doing this is, is saying, okay, well, this stuff really doesn't affect us, but we're going to do it anyway because it helps the people that are are using the product. Exactly right. And I think you were asking about liability or fraud. Like that, the, the, the liability is kind of determined based on the uh, levels of security that the, the stakeholders in the ecosystem invest in. And yes, we are like heavily focused on driving the right standards, the right frameworks, as well as offering solutions that make the technology broadly accessible to the ecosystem to try and eliminate the fraud and make sure that it's managed accordingly throughout the ecosystem. Okay. Have you ever heard of Cyrus Labs? I haven't. Okay. Um, I'm going to be talking to them next. They've got an interesting product. It uses a cell phone. Um, what it does is that when you're, you're making a transaction, you, you uh, the 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 website online, uh, and this this could actually be done uh, at a point of sale uh, purchase as well. Uh, they've got a an application on their their computer system uh, that has like a little uh, symbol. You click on that, and it it emit uh, it'll emit a subsonic tone that will last a microsecond. Okay to your phone, which has the app on it, and it will respond with its own uh, microsecond tone, which is based on a one-time pad code, so that there's no biometrics involved. It's almost instantaneous. As long as you have your phone, it, 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 and they're, they're a, a Polish-American company. They're mo doing most of their work in, uh, in uh, Europe and in the EU. But it just seems like it bypasses a lot of the problems with biometrics by itself. Very interesting. Um, I think like any other new technology that's out there, there's lots of testing required, the questions around interoperability. It's, it's not standard. really new. It's, it's 10 years yeah. old. So, yeah. So.
So it, it's been around for a while, but uh, it's it's just it's it's kind of like uh, in electric cars where there are much better uh, ideas for um, electric vehicle batteries than lithium ion. But thanks to Elon Musk, the uh, the lobbying efforts have, have made us dedicated to lithium ion. Um, Interesting. Well, just like bringing it back to biometrics, right? Yeah. Is it, is it brand new technology? No. Is AI new technology? No. But once you start to see a tipping point, broad scale adoption, the technology improving available broadly in devices, there's a time. And like to kind of summarize, uh, I think how I would look at this and the same would apply to other technologies uh, when you look at them over a period of time. I think on biometrics, there's a number of needs, whether it's vulnerabilities and challenges with user experience and more more commerce happening online today. The proliferation of the devices and the technology has made it more accessible. So you've got kind of urgency, but the time is now and it's never been better to move to this new technology. And what we're going to continue to be focused on is enabling the standards, the interoperability, but also making this technology as accessible as possible and making sure that it's robust and ready for scale. And, and that's what our, our focus in the in this area is about. The biometric authentication service is about making that technology more accessible and enabling it in a way that where you no longer have to make this trade-off between user experience and security. Biometrics in conjunction with the other layers of security I referenced earlier is a very effective at both streamlining the experience and elevating the bar on, on security. And there will be other technology that does that as well. Biometrics is one tool, right? Yeah. The AI and machine learning, passive biometrics, active biometrics, all of these are great tools to do that. Eliminating the unnecessary friction while also increasing the level of security that exists on these transactions. So obviously the problem hasn't been solved yet. We've got the ways to do it. Uh, the question is how soon will it be rolled out? Uh, will it be rolled out to you soon? Uh, will it be rolled out in general uh, to all people soon? Uh, don't know. Uh, it's, it's, it's a process. Like uh, we said, FIDO's been around for about 10 years. The payment card in, uh, in the industry has been around for longer than that. And they've all been working on these standards and eventually something will happen, which is the good news. Uh, the bad news is, is that we still got to be careful out there. And uh, that's about it. So if, uh, if you have any questions or concerns, uh, contact us at cyberprotectionmagazine.com and uh, we'll get back to you right away. We've been getting some good input from people already. Uh, and uh, if you're interested in hearing more about some of this stuff, uh, we will be doing a larger article on it at the, at the magazine. It's probably going to be under the paywall. Uh, so I uh, hope you get your subscription. It's only $24.99 a year and that's quite a deal. So anyway, this has been Lou Covey with Crucial Tech, a uh, Footwasher Media production.